In today's episode, we're going to talk about how the idea of fairness actually creates offense. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey friend, welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you're doing well. I hope that you are having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. And um, as this is being recorded, this is the Christmas season of 2021. I hope you're having a great time. And whatever you're doing, I hope that you're intentionally creating whatever it is God has put on your heart to create and that you're pursuing the assignment that he has put on your heart. And today I want to talk about the idea of fairness. I want to talk about what it is, what it means, and what it leads to more importantly, and how it actually creates resentment and actually creates bitterness. It creates a block from letting the miracle that God wants to to flow into your life, right? Preventing the kingdom from coming forth into your life. So I want to get into that today. And um, I want to just kind of start off, Katie and I were actually recently talking about this and with our kids, right? The idea of fairness and even just being very intentional about the words that we use about when something is fair, when something is not fair. And the reason this came up is because I had been doing some study recently, not just recently, but over the past couple of years in regards to the Hebrew language and Hebrew words. And I've learned that when there's not a Hebrew word for an English word that we have, then the concept doesn't really exist. And I've talked about this before with different words on the podcast before, specifically the word retirement. Like there's no Hebrew word for retirement. So the idea of in our English word retirement, which is like leaving your job or stopping work, ceasing to work, there's this idea that that concept doesn't really exist in the Lord's language, right? Like we were made to work. We were made to be productive. We were made to produce. And so that may not look like working 40 hours a week, but right, this idea of working to stop is not an idea that as I've studied the Bible that I see in alignment with what God has has for us, right? that we, we can be financially stable. We can always be producing. We're, we're called to be creators, right? And so the idea of retirement takes us out of this mindset. It takes us out of a creator mindset. It takes us out of being a producer and it actually creates more of a survivalist mentality of, right? Do I have enough where I can work to stop? And most of the time when people retire, they're their vision or their goal is, do I have enough to survive for the rest of my life? Do I have enough to live on, right? There's, there's not a perspective. There's not a shift in thinking towards, okay, how do I enhance the next generation? What can I create that is going to pass on? Cause the Bible says a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, right? So this idea of retirement that has been brought up in this culture in the Westernized culture, there is no Hebrew word for retirement. And that's what indicate there's not a, it's not a a concept in the Hebrew culture or the concept that God had given to his people. Another example is the word coincidence. There's not a Hebrew word for coincidence. And our English word is like a remarkable concurrence, right? Some event that just happened um, randomly or just like a, a casual connection or like there, there's not an apparent reason how it 
how it all came about, right? So there's this idea of a coincidence in the English language. But when we look at the Hebrew language, there's no word for that because in God's way, in God's kingdom, like everything is by design, right? That he is in control, that there is this way, this process of things happening for your good. Like there's, there's not a coincidence, right? Another concept of this is the word adolescent. Our English word for adolescent is like a young person who's in the process of developing into a child. And when you think about that, we're actually giving someone who is supposed to behave like adult, we're giving them the ability to claim the benefits of um, being an adult while like seeing them as a child, right? There's like this middle ground where it's like, it's okay because they're just an adolescent, but we can give them adult privileges. But you know, in the Hebrew culture, in the Hebrew language, there's no word for adolescent you're either a child or you're an adult and their responsibilities and their privileges that come with being one or the other, but there's not an in-between phase. There's not an in-between stage. Another, another example of this is religion. There's, there's no Hebrew word for religion. Like we, we have an English word for that. And I've talked about this before that, um, that derives from the Latin word religare, which means to tie up or bind, um, I also found out that there it, it could derive from the Latin word religir, religire. I don't know if that's I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's spelled a little bit different, but it means to do something repeated repeatedly. So when you think about it, when you when you do something repeatedly, that becomes a behavior that you're kind of you're tied to or you're bound to, right? And I've talked about even just religion that we are familiar with. Religion will bind us up, like it creates bondage. But going back to this idea. There's no Hebrew word for the word religion, right? That's that's a concept that we've we've made up or that we've brought into the world and we've given it a word for it and we've created an identity around it and we've actually created systems to move towards these things, right? To move towards retirement, to move towards being religious, to um, we we think in terms of coincidence. We we enable children who are in that phase of becoming adults to to have the benefits of adulthood, but also like give them slack for being children, right? Like we're not serving them in a way of giving them responsibility of owning the identity of being an adult. And I would submit to you that this is this is perversion from the enemy. This is he twists it so that we can get caught up into a way of thinking, get caught up in these concepts, buy into them that as they are truth, and yet they take us down the path that will not lead us to where we want to go. And they're not, they're not going to lead us to the place that God wants us to go. And so my final example and what I want to talk about today is the word fair. There's no Hebrew word for our English word fair, right? When you think about the word fair, we think, um, you know, something that is just, or equal, right? So even having a tough time, I've asked my clients before, um, what what is fair? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean that we all have the same house? Does it mean we all have the same talents? Does it mean we all look the same? Does it mean we all have the same assignment, the same destiny, um, that we all have the same opportunity, right? Like, like what does fairness even mean? And And so, just looking at this concept of if there's no Hebrew word for an English equivalent, like that concept doesn't exist. Like, like fairness, 
fairness, this idea of needing to be equal or right. Like, so I wasn't treated fairly. And it's like, what that concept does is it allows you to become a victim when something isn't fair. It allows you, it enables you to take offense because something isn't fair. I mean, I grew up playing sports, right? There were times where the officiating didn't feel quote unquote fair. I remember I'm thinking specifically of a game in college where we were on the road and we were up by like 25 plus points at halftime and the referees really made it very difficult for us to win the game in the second half and we ended up losing at the end of the game I, I had a shot at the close to the buzzer that didn't go in that would have won the game had I made it and their fans I think their coaches like they were apologizing for how poorly the refs did and it's easy for us it's easy for me to be like that wasn't fair right? I am a victim to the referees. My team was a victim to the referees. Yet, maybe I'm thinking more along the lines of justice, right? Like, that wasn't just. They're supposed to call the game in a way that is unbiased. And it seemed like they were making calls that were biased towards the home team. Like, that's not just that's bending the rules right if if there's a foul they should call a foul they should not let their bias come in and influence how they're going to call the game and to say that that is 100 possible you know no that's not possible because we're all operating in our own bias right like we can't really break free of them we can do a lot of work around them but there's always going to be some type of bias that is slanting our perspective just based on our beliefs, based on our experiences, based on what our circumstances, what's going on. But we use the word fair. That's not fair versus thinking in terms of justice. And to me, I was thinking about the, about this recently is like, what's the difference between something being fair and something being just, right? What if we could think in terms of justice? Because the Bible does speak a lot about justice. That word is found frequently in the Bible and that God is a God of justice and someone who asks us to be just and to walk in justice. And so thinking about this, we can, we can lump in feelings of things that don't quote unquote feel fair and think that that's not just right. When something doesn't feel fair, it's like we've been wronged. And yet in a lot of instances, when things don't feel fair, it's not really a case of justice, right? When, when I'm cutting up portion sizes of cookies or cake for my kids and, and one gets a bigger piece and they say, that's not fair really says who says what law says what rule are you are you saying that's not just right they they feel a victim but there's no rule in our home that says we all have to have the same size piece of cake we all get the same amount of cookies that we all get the same opportunities right as a parent of my family i can choose how i want to bless people Right. And, 
And yet when we get in this concept, this mindset of, oh, that's not fair, I'm not being treated fairly, is it really a case of justice? And if not, then be careful because resentment and offense are being, are being stirred up, right? If it's not a case of justice, if, if, there's a, if there's a benefit that is owed to you, for example, if you have a, um, if you're owed by the IRS a tax return, right? Let's say the, ta- the IRS owes you $2,000 for a tax return and they're choosing not to pay it to you. Well, there is a law, there's a benefit that says they owe that to you. That is unjust. Like justice needs to be administrated. Justice needs to be served, right? When people say that they're going to fulfill on a contract, they made an agreement and they don't do that. Like people go to court, people go to law, use the law to say this isn't just. Like we're fighting for justice. That is completely different than fighting for fairness because it's just an emotion it's just a feeling when one of my children thinks that because it's not fair they they feel bitter they feel resentment right but they weren't treated unjustly makes me think about the parable where um the man hires a worker at the first part of the day and then he comes back and hires another worker and throughout the day he's hiring workers and then the day comes to an end and he goes to pay all of his workers and the person who started at the beginning of the day got paid the same as the person who, who started working at the end of the day, even though they worked different hours. And he, he was like expecting to get paid more. And then the parable of the master is like, do I not have the ability to pay what I want to pay to whomever? Right. There, there's this feeling of that's not fair when it's like, no, it's, it's totally just. This was the agreement. I told them that I would pay them for their work this much money. And I, you and I agreed that when you started the day, you were the first person I hired that you would work for this much money and I'm paying you this much money. That's just, and yet we get caught up in being emotional that something is not fair because we've bought into this idea that fairness is even a real concept when all it is, is the enemy's way to breed resentment, to bring offense. And I talked about this in a couple episodes ago that the reason Jesus could not do a miracle in his hometown is because the people took offense at him. That word offense was also used in the parable of the sower when the, in the rocky soil, people receive it with joy, but then when the heat comes, they fall away. It's the same word of offense. And so when you've bought into the idea that fairness, things need to be fair, I wasn't treated fairly. You're creating an environment that will breed resentment. You're creating an environment that will breed offense. And when we have offense, when we have resentment, it puts us in a state where we can't receive from God. We can't let God do a miracle in our life just the same way as Jesus wanted to do miracles in his hometown. And yet there was offense. They lacked faith. There was a fence there that allowed them to miss the opportunity. And if we want the kingdom to come and invade our life, and if we want to advance the kingdom, our lives need to be free of offense. They need to be free of resentment. We need to be able to forgive and drop these ideas of something that's not fair or that we've been hurt. Like 
right? Like we need to cleanse ourselves. And so the idea that something isn't fair, and if you're in this mindset, if you don't feel like you've been treated fairly, ask yourself, is this just? And in the same way in the parable where the, the master paid his workers exactly what they agreed upon, but the worker thought he should be paid more because he worked more hours, right? It, that was a feeling of fairness, even though it was just. And so I would encourage you to take out from your verbiage, take out the concept, teach your kids that not even saying that life isn't fair, like just completely take out. And this was the conversation that Katie and I were having is I, I was saying, can we use, you know, when these situations come up, can we use different words? Can we not even talk about the concept of fairness? Like, let's not even let that be a concept in our home because that's not leading them to a place on how God's kingdom works because that's not even a concept in his reality. It's not even a concept in his kingdom. And all it does, and when you think and operate in this idea, all it's going to do is create offense. It's going to create resentment. But yes, we can talk injustice. We can talk in those terms. Because that is something that God speaks a lot about. And that's something that is in his kingdom. And when we operate in his kingdom, right, justice is required when there are laws in a kingdom. Right? So we can talk about justice, but fairness, all it will do is create offense, create resentment that will prevent the kingdom from flowing through in the way that God intends for it to flow in your life. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as help get more exposure to help more people. And remember, Everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God given assignment. It's free. Just go download the life purpose roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.